this is the first ever live edition of the Bluegrass Race Hub. Uh, I'm Jason Collins. Now I have uh, several special guests with me from the dirt community of iRacing. Uh, Cody Nevin, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Cody. How's it going, everybody? Uh, my name's Cody Nevin. I'm, I race for CFM Esports, which you'll see Speed Shop, um, wide open or wide effing open motorsports now. Um, yeah, I've been on the sim for two years and it's been one heck of a ride. I can say that. We also have Matt Selby with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Matt. Uh, yeah, my name is Matthew Selby, uh, World of Outlaws, Dirt Lake Model Pro, uh, former eNASCAR Heat Pro driver uh, as well, uh, CFM Esports driver, WFO, uh, just joined them. Uh, that's about it, rough operator. And finally joining us, we have Austin Sessions. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Austin. Yeah, my name is Austin Sessions, World of Outlaws Pro Series driver as well. I drive for CFM, MSM, and South Mafia and NLRA. Been on the, been on the sim for about two, three years now. Oh yeah. So, uh, what do you guys like most about the sim overall? What do you uh, hate most about it? Well, the thing I like about it, it's one of the most realistic sims out there for dirt racing. And then the. The thing I hate about it sometimes is the way the cars react to certain stuff. That's probably my two things. Yeah, my least favorite thing, I guess, would be the the times that you you really didn't get hit, but you did get hit. It's just it's a minor bug, but once you know iRacing gets it dialed in, um, I ain't going to be fine. My favorite part about the sim is that there's nothing compared to it anywhere else. I mean, we have a dynamic track that wears in from top to bottom. Um, no other, nothing up close to that. I know the console game got released, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so my favorite part about it is being able to run from the inside wall to the outside wall or beyond. Oh yeah. So, uh, it's a lot easier to pick your least favorite part of it than it is your favorite part of it. But, uh, you know, I'd have to say my least favorite part of it is, is we ain't got to fall over quarter panels. Uh, agreed. You know, uh, but also we have, uh, my camera froze up right there. You know, I also like though, the thing about it is, is like Cody said, the track wears in more realistic. It's actually the only sim out there where the track actually wears in, you know, we have other, uh, we have other games, sims, whatever you want to call it. It's all a video game, right? but, uh, you know, and none of them wears a track in like iRacing does, or iRacing is the only one that has attempted to wear a track in accurately to dirt racing so they it's it's the first sim that's actually truly made an attempt at it and from what they've done so far it's it's worked out fairly well i mean there's a few bugs with it as well and how a track should actually accurately wear in but i mean it's that's 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 my favorite part of it at least so we have uh, a series, it's Bluegrass iRacing series, we obviously we, we do oval stuff, but we also have a pro late model series uh cody is running in that he's a participant in the late model series that we have um tell us a little bit about the race tonight cody how did you feel about it racing tonight that lanier was one of the probably one of the best pro late model races i've had at lanier um the track worn a little bit differently than it normally does um a lot of times lanier doing an official it'll go bottom and then work its way up the top but with us having the practice and then the qualifying the heat races etc um, 
the top of one and three were really burnt off, so you couldn't just get right up on the wall and run it down like you normally would. So it was more of a deep slider into three. Um, I was running that for a while. Um, it went back down to lockdown bottom, and then it come up a lane off the bottom towards the end of the race. Um, racing tonight, though, overall was great. Um, Side-by-side, side, three wide, four wide at times. Um, really clean for the most part. Um, yeah. It was a great time. Um, the competition is great. That's I think that's my favorite part about it. There's a little bit of a little bit of a mix of everyone in there. Um, so it keeps the racing really competitive from front to back. So, so out of your uh, experiences on iRacing, racing, um, doing league racing and stuff, where do you where would you rank uh, Bluegrass in terms of uh, just competition? Like as of right now, like how how thick is the competition to you at the moment? competition's pretty thick at the moment um i've definitely raced in two years i've definitely raced some really stacked races um austin's been a part of those and matthew i know as well both of them being pro series drivers um but i mean for a league that runs um pro lane models it's definitely up towards the top um definitely glad to be a part of it when you're racing against guys like matthew and austin dylan yeager um ethan toter dylan hauser dylan wilson um you're definitely racing with some of the best on the sim so I'm going to shoot this over to Austin real quick. Austin, tell us about your uh, pro experiences a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the pro series. Uh, it was fun. I mean, it was a good time. It can get very stressful because you're just trying to hit your marks of, I have to do good at qual. And then if you don't do good at qual, then you're back of a heat. And then the back of the heat, you're just trying to push your car and push your car where you can get into some big wrecks and then that kind of ruins your whole night. It's just, it's a very good series and it's fun to be a part of. And if you can try to join it, I would hundred percent. It's just, just get ready to put the work in. If you want to do good, if you don't put the work in, you're, you're never going to make a feature and you're just going to be in the back every race. Matthew, you want to give us uh, your take on the pro series? How you feel? About oh it? yeah. Yeah. I mean, so for me, it was a little different because I started working a full-time job right as pro series hit, you know, I went from spending 50 to 60 hours a week on iRacing to 50 to 60 hours a week in AutoZone. So um, the decline in performance, at least for me, was a step down. I wasn't able to qualify as good as I'd like to. I always had good feature cars. Uh, Wasn't able to show them off all the time. But, you know, it was one of those things where I got in there, and as a rookie, and I think Austin can agree with me on this, is you've got to kind of learn the culture of the Pro Series. And you've got to kind of learn how the pro series is raced versus even the other top leagues that's had these pro guys in them for the last two years without the pro series, you know, uh, like Wotel, it's a complete different culture. It's a complete different way of racing and how things is looked at on the racetrack. You know, you, you, you don't have EOLs. There is no immediate, um, you know, there is no immediate penalties for your actions. Right. Yeah. That's one thing that was kind of new to me as well. The, yeah. If you dump somebody in a heat, you don't get punishment until the next race type thing. Exactly. That's exactly. one thing. If I wish could change and that would be that. So yeah. comparing that to a, like a league, you, you prefer the league's immediate punishments as opposed to oh, what 100%. happens. Yeah. The reason yeah. for it is it make everybody calm down as a driver. Cause they know if let's say I'm behind Selby and Selby's in transfer and I dumped Selby last lap to get the transfer spot, I know I'm going to get penalized with five points for the next race. But that race, nothing happens to me. I made the feature, and Selby doesn't. That's one thing I wish would change. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff for transfer spots that actually went on. I know there was a few things at Knoxville. I think that was the one race where there was actually penalty yeah. penalties for transfer spots. And, you know, but, like, just besides that, is like you would go in there and, well, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, the way, the way I've raced for a long time now, I mean, I went in there week one thinking that there was no consequences. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I mean, I, I went up there during <laughs> one of the heat races, and I did something I probably shouldn't have done. And it, that first race put me in a bind the entire pro series. Really? Because after that, I was I was kind of fighting back because I mean I had half my X limit before I got uh, suspension in week one. Wait, and what do you mean half your X limit? Explain that for So a you had so you had so you had twelve X's, right? So the way it worked is is you had uh, the most X you could get for a non-transfer position caution. Or contact was three X, wow. right? Three so X. You had twelve. So you had twelve X's over the entire series before you would get suspended for one week. Wow. Yes. Also, if you if you get nine X, you can't qualify the next week. Exactly. And the and only carry over. The only way your points reset is if you go through a whole week without touching anybody, you lose one point, one incident yep. point. Then if you get over 12, you reset back to six. And there is no, like, and the thing, the thing that I think that could have really been changed about that is, is I don't feel like they was enough. And and I feel like Hudson did a really good job. Right. But at the end of the day, he wasn't the one reviewing the races, or at least I don't think that. Um, And who, when you say Hudson, who do you mean? Tyler Hudson. Tyler Hudson. Um, I don't feel as if. I think that we had the same people reviewing dirt racing that we have reviewing IMSA pro series that we have reviewing the Coke series that we have reviewing all these other series when dirt racing is its own entity. You know what I'm saying? The races are run different when you put 900 horsepower, you know, machines on a quarter mile dirt track. It's a lot different than putting, you know, cup cars on uh, Kansas. You know what I'm saying? Oh, big time there's going to be a lot more just initial contact. And there was a few, there was a few deals, you know, where I think there was a few deals for everyone where maybe they didn't felt like they should have got the blame. And maybe it was more or less like if you got parked on and this was, this came up a little later in that pro series. If you got parked on and they spun because they parked it on you, it was still your three X. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's what I'm saying. It, it, that was like the one thing that needed to be reviewed differently, I think, and looked at a lot differently was, and I've always said this, is it needs to be looked at differently. Each form of racing needs to be looked at differently. And we ran into the same problem the last pro series I was in with NASCAR Heat, right, is because we had guys in England that had only reviewed road racing, specialty road racing and stuff like that, issuing penalties for NASCAR, you know, it's obviously two different things. I feel like we need to have a more dedicated way to look at these wrecks from a dirt racing or an oval standpoint. I would agree with that 100%. Is definitely the ball game definitely changes on the racetrack when you know there's a lot of live admin in the booth. Um, that's wow. one thing. Um, obviously, I didn't make pro series, but I can tell you that it. I mean, I'll just I'll just call it for what it is. When you have Nick Leonard up in the box admining. Yeah, you better watch what you're doing out there because 
he's gonna he it, it's definitely good to have admins up in the booth i mean you're an admin yourself jason you know like you look yeah. at your calls um and i think drivers appreciate that too you know because if it's, it's if it's a crapshoot out there and everybody's just sliding and dorm people for transfers nobody's it you know you might run a couple seasons but it it's the clean when you hold drivers responsible and make the racing fun be it super competitive and clean that's when you have something so that's you know. what it should be about. I mean, it should be about clean racing and competitive top-level racing, in my opinion, um, which is something that I've been trying to build, obviously, on the asphalt side. Um, and luckily, you you know, uh, Scott wanted to put something together on the dirt side because he liked the way that we uh, that I ran the oval side of it. Um, and I'll go ahead and say it. I'll be the first one to say it. I'm an asshole. Like, I'm, I'm a no-nonsense type of guy um <laughs> absolutely and i'll i'm calm until i'm not like that's my thing is like i'm i'm just even kill until i'm not and then when i'm not everybody fucking knows it you know what i'm saying like it's right not, it's yeah. it's not something it's not yeah. pretty is what i'm saying it's not pretty um i've done a lot better about keeping my calm under uh pressure and under circumstances with guys on uh, dirt and asphalt both. Uh, I feel like I've done a. Mu- I, think, I feel like I've done a way better job on dirt than I have asphalt. To be honest with you, um, it, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of problems on the dirt side like there is the asphalt side. And not saying there's not problems on the dirt side. I'm not. That's not what I'm claiming. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That you just blew all of our minds. <laughs> for, for me personally, I You're have more. Yeah, I have more people that bitch complain on a weekly basis in on the oval side which you got to compare it's 100 people versus 30 something people right totally different you know so that's that's a big factor in it i'm sure you know you're talking 40 40 drivers per three series that's 120 drivers we average around 30 every race for the majority of the season until we get to where we're at now where we're kind of around 18 19 20 and uh except for our cup series obviously we've had a low count car count 13 drivers is all we had the other night in the cup series so right. um i get what you're saying the live I, I believe having a live admin is um it provides for cleaner racing it's a better product overall and that's what you want to do is you want to put out clean hard racing um and you want to attract the most competitive guys you can and like what um I digress. Let me go back to what I was saying. So luckily we, I'm Scott wanted to do this and luckily I got meet, uh, Steve McMillian, uh, Nick Leonard, all those guys from hotel BJ, uh, Cody yourself. You were in the booth with us last year, um, yes, for our fixed pro late series. <clears throat> and it was, it's fun. It was just, uh, it was a new learn. It was a learning experience for me. It was a learning curve. It took me a few minutes, uh, a few times, you know, a few, races to get my bearings and kind of get it luckily i had nick there to guide me um because i don't know you guys that well like i don't you know right for me um i have more interaction with the oval guys um because i see them three times a a week you know right so there's more going on with those guys than there typically is with the dirt guys go ahead right um yeah i can definitely see where you and anybody coming from the asphalt side of things coming into the dirt side of things. I, I'm sure, you know, sometimes 
you know, and I'm sure that asphalt and road racing, uh, everything, you can go as far as the Pro 4 trucks. I'm sure at times all of them are just absolute, just a mess, you know. But um, dirt dirt is definitely one of those things. Like, I, I really do believe you want to be as clean as you possibly can. But at some point, when you're ripping uh, 100 miles an hour going into a corner, um, you know, on dirt. three quarter mile hat, right? <laughs> yeah, on dirt, <laughs> bullring. Like you're gonna hit somebody at some point. You're gonna hit the wall. <laughs> Somebody's gonna run in the back of you. There's, I mean, the mar Contact the room for margin. Inevitable. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the thing is, everybody can. You know, I've I've went as far as some people or seen some people. You know, on on forums and whatever. They're like, oh, dirt's a joke. You know, yada yada yada. It's so whatever on the sim. Watch it, I yeah, I, I wish they would go because I bet you a lot of those people have never been to an actual dirt race. I invite them to go to a dirt race, their local dirt track. They'll see <laughs> they'll see some stuff, you know, and then it all makes sense to them. It's it's just you gotta learn when contact does happen. I mean Matt and Austin, they can attest to it. You gotta learn to absorb well, that sometimes, you know. It's Well, I think it's kinda like Nick said to me, you know, several, several times, is I racers have a different approach to it, right? Right. I racers feel like the lane has to be left. Yeah, right. true. I racers feel like that you have to leave them a lane. Yeah. That's just plain and simple. Um, I when it's not the that case, too. it's not the case. I mean, if if you want to close that hole, it's yours to close, or at least that's my opinion on it. Um, yeah, I, come from, I come from actual dirt racing. Like, I've raced dirt late models in real mm -hmm. life and all that. What I racers don't understand to compared to like real dirt track racing, there is a thing called it's your lane or not your lane. If I'm racing and if I look out to my right or left and I can't see your nose, that's my lane. I can come up and that is your responsibility to break. Right. If you're not to my door, that is my lane. Like if you're at my spoiler, like a lot of what happens in these eye racing wrecks on dirt where everybody complains about, they'll be on my spoiler and I come up the track. That's my lane. You're, that's not your lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no spotters in real dirt racing. There's Absolutely not. You not. Don't, the only thing you get maybe is two little hand sticks in the center of the inside you can barely even see. <laughs> exactly. That, that is it. Yeah. Exactly. There, real life, no, you don't even get a mirror. Um, and, and I've I've talked to some guys that race dirt in real life as well, and we have a guy that run. He owns a pro late model team. Um, Brian Terry. He's one of our veterans from Cup Series. Been with us since we started the league. Brian is, uh, he's out of Owensboro, Owensboro. Yeah. Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, so he runs Terry racing. They actually just won the championship up in Portsmouth. Um, oh, nice. first time in 12 years, they won the championship at Portsmouth, but he said that for him, it's nothing. The real life shit compared to the I racing yeah. is nothing. It's not no. even close. And the issue with it is it's it's not because the way the sim works is for one we don't have we don't have a mirror in dirt track. No, like, no. I don't know where the car behind me is running unless my spotter is telling me from the infield with two sticks. Yeah, I don't have a guy in my ear saying he's three tenths faster than on the high side. Move up. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna slide you. Go block it. I in real life you don't know that's coming, and right. that's where I think a lot of these wrecks happens because you know something's yeah. coming so you try to block it, which allows the wreck. So yeah. You know? Well, I wish. It, I, I I just wish I just wish that, even okay. So hear me out here. If I racing just made an executive decision, pulled mirrors out of dirt cars, pull them off, take them away yeah. completely. Yep, hundred percent yep. better racing. Yeah, the racing People would be god awful. Oh yeah, the racing for a couple of weeks would be terrible. But I promise everybody, it would it would get better. 
it would the racing. Well, would see the thing improve. about it is, is you still, you can still have three of your buddies in your year telling him where you're gonna go. You don't need that mirror. I mean, no, I, exactly. I, right. I, but there I, should I, be. I know, like on some leagues, they do no spotters. There's a setting on there, which I agree with that. I don't think you should have a spotter. I really don't. I agree. I, I think that I think that I would love for them to take the mirror off. Honestly, that was going to be my next question: is What do you guys think about taking the mirror off? off? Uh, I think it should. I think you should as well. Thank you. If we're going to do dirt racing, take the mirror off, and I think that we should have an option. Um, well, maybe not an option, but just have it built in automatically. No spotters. No. I even think that they should take away uh, the radio. In my opinion. I feel like if they take away the radio, and that's going to cut down a lot of bullshit. It's going to cut down yes. on you know a yeah. bunch of nonsense that we don't necessarily need. Everybody and like Unless... everybody, once you get to a certain point, knows each other on Discord. Right. There's no point of going over radio where everybody's hearing it. They're just trying to race. Go in Discord, hash it out. Because you the, can't communicate with other racers in real life, even NASCAR, no. or any in none of that shit. And that's no. one of the big topics we've always had on our oval side is you know. There should be zero communication on comms. Um, like a, there's, they want me to have a zero tolerance policy on comms, which is fine with me. I mean, that's coming. Yeah. You know, I let I I previously would be like, hey, if you want to say sorry or my bad, sure, right? Yeah. Well, see, but, that's that. Wait, that's one of those things though. Like asphalt wise, and I think that's what she's kind of getting to there. <laughs> is you can still have your spotter go run and tell you know. In a cup race, they can go have one spotter go run and ask the other guy one thing, and it, the message can be relayed. Same in Discord. I mean, we have every. Yeah. You, it's it's yeah. mandatory to be in our Discord, so they can do that. They can hop in channels and say, "Hey, uh, yeah. what are you doing for fuel strategy? On are you pitting? What lap are you pitting? We want to try to work together. It's Daytona, Talladega, you know, and even on some of the short courses, uh, mile and a half and shit, they'll they'll do the same thing. So I I see what you're saying, like. There's maybe a need for it on the oval side, maybe, but at the same time, I just feel like it would make life for admins a whole lot easier for one, you know, who I feel like it would cut down on a lot of people, um, saying shit that they shouldn't say, uh, blaming the real guy for, uh, you shouldn't say anything to you look at the replay. That's how I look at yeah. it. And then also with like the voice things is you'll have two guys like they get in a small wreck they're they're not going to wreck each other then they start arguing and that's going to just, like, just make stuff even worse oh yeah that's I agree. when the straight line comes out yeah the the voice chat definitely the voice chat after hey dude yeah. you wrecked me i was there no you weren't I'll, i'm just gonna i'm just wrecking them or the yeah. famous you... car high yeah yeah, car yeah. High. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you want you want to you want to talk and bullshit when you're when you're sitting there you know practice qualifying you know after you run your lap whatever but as soon as we're in the car we don't need it man you know, like maybe if it's a league setting, um, chat can be enabled to the drivers um, for black clears and stuff like that. But when we're an official, you already know that black clears don't get cleared. You know, like black flags don't get cleared. So there's no reason to even have your radio. So just shut up, run your race, and, you know, go from there. That's, That's my opinion on it. That's the thing I despise about running like officials and stuff. It just when two dudes are carrying out a conversation the entire race when they have each other on Discord. Oh, on it's Discord. terrible. It's I'm awful. Not, and then. I mute them, but their name still pops up on my screen. Yep. That I, that doesn't make sense to me why they have it like that. I feel like once you mute them, it, you shouldn't see the crap at all. Like, yeah, like I don't, 
under I don't care how your cousin is racing. I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, looks like we're having some issues. Matt, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. My my phone just died. So fine, you're fine. Or without a camera. No worries. That's all right. Yeah. Um, we still got you. We still know what you look like now, though. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Matthew, uh, grain in your face. I got, I got a, I got a question. Uh, Jason, I'll actually ask you a question if that's okay with you, man. Um, sure. Do you, uh, do you race with one hand or two hands on the wheel when you race? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I find myself often racing with one hand. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I. So does Matt. <laughs> so I won't turn a lap on asphalt, dirt, road course, anything without being one-handed. Uh, and the I, funny thing about it is, is I drive with my left hand when I'm right-handed. Yep. yep same here. That's exactly yep. what well, I do. I drive. I drive left-handed. Yeah. All right. I'm dry, and, and I've. I'll be. So sometimes I'll have both hands on it, like when I'm like initially like sitting down in the in the him and i got the wheel mounted and everything i'm like both hands on the wheel and then mm -hmm. like within like a lap i'm like oh shit i told my spotter last season when mm -hmm. i won the xfinity championship i said i guess i should put both hands on the wheel he goes yeah that might be a good idea i was like <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it i was like i keep i just keep taking it off i can feel more i can i have mm -hmm. it's like i don't know how to explain it when i have two hands on the wheel i, I make mistakes uh well, it's like that's one thing I was gonna say. It's that reasoning right there. Like from my real racing experience, yeah. when I go two handed, I oversteer. Yes, I'll, that's what I'll, I do. I'll put too much into the steering wheel. So then, yeah. left when you just drive one handed, that arm controls everything. Yep. You can feel the whole car. This yep. car and my real car just sits on my deck. I, I race like this. Yeah. Until it's See, a rough track, then I got to go two hand. Yeah, when it then gets, you hang on to her. <laughs> when it gets we'll to the see. point where you need two hands, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll use two hands. But for the most part, like I yeah. said, I, I'm just feeling it all with that one hand, man, and it's just. Yep. I use I one hand, and then the other one is kind of just like a guide. A guide, hand, a guide, exactly. No. That's exactly yeah. how it was. You just kind of you just let it sit there, like in case you need you it. You need it, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, see, I clinch. I drive my left hand, and my left hand sets a little lower on the wheel, just my positioning. And I clench my right hand in a fist as hard as I can the whole time I race. Really? The entire time I race. It's club-handed. but And I don't know, I guess the reason I started doing it, because I started doing it a while ago, but even before I got on iRacing, is I got to testing road courses and stuff like that, and I got to shifting, you know, my shifter. And as soon as I got used to it at the Indy Road Course, I never went back. Hmm. And for whatever reason, I clenched that right hand just as hard as I can. I've left imprints and stuff in my hand before. I suppose you're holding on your shifter. Yeah. Where I've where I've clenched my hand so hard. Either that or I'll put it in my pocket. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't know. imagine putting it in. I, I just yeah, I couldn't imagine. Mine's kind pocket. of I, I kind of just let mine sit on my lap. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, like, it'll be right there at the bottom in case I need to, like, quickly bring it up yeah. to the wheel. Yeah. But for so the most part, it's you, just sitting there. I do what you call a float hand. So, like, as I'm racing, this hand will be here, but it's open. Yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like this. And when I need it, like, the, the car gets all swirly, then I'll grab it, and then I'll let it back go. Yeah. Well, see, but when even, it's real racing, I don't do that. My hand's well, on, see, on my deck. Like, yeah, that's we'll cool. See, even if open, I'm, but on the bottom. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even if I find myself like with my arm across my lap, I still like even if not in the fist, 
I still like clench it up against my stomach. Like my whole arm as hard as I can for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I wanted to get it out of the way. It's just a habit that I've gotten into, I guess. Like I don't want my right hand anywhere near the wheel. Hmm. I also don't pull tear offs, but That's one thing why people like the right hand free and real cars was because of tear offs. Yeah. Yeah. You're racing one hand and you're just pulling. I don't know. I think that's another thing I just got used to out here too, is I would used to, I know everybody like says they just pull them, you know, nonstop. I don't know if you do sessions or Cody. I just have a habit. It's on my button, right? Yeah. I just be spamming that thing. I got it on dirt on right here next to this, but this, I was going to the corner. This is my thumb. I'm just spamming that thing. We'll see. I've got that. uh, I've got a big 14 inch Fantex CSL NASCAR rim or whatever that I have. And for me to hit any button, I have to reach into the the middle. Yeah, that's how the wheels are into the middle of the wheel. So it is like completely out of whack for me to take my left hand and hit anything inside the wheel. That explains a lot about you now. Here, let me plug. (laughs) Let me plug something real quick. Let me plug something. So we have a guy in chat right now. Uh, His name's Dave Farmer. Dave actually can make those uh, buttons where you don't have to reach into the center of the the wheel. Um. And we may be able to, uh, I, I'll talk to Dave and we might be able to hook you up with something like that, man. Oh, well, see, I actually have my buttons positioned differently where it's weighted over to more one side of the wheel. So it's easier for me to turn left. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Wait, easy, <laughs> easy to turn and dirt. You're going right. I know. You said it's easier for you to turn exactly. left. What are you... Exactly. Yeah. You gotta turn right to go left, guys. Haven't exactly. you ever watched cars? Come on now. No, 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 no. session, <laughs> session. So listen to me. My thought process on that, right, is I have more resistance with just you know like the little half pound that I have on the left side of the wheel. Yeah. Or I don't when I'm counter steering. I don't do it too far. Oh. See, huh. I've. Yeah, I don't know. It's you just something. Elaborate on that a little bit. I also had, so the NASCAR rim also comes with the big thing in the middle of the rim, whatever you want to call that. Uh, big pad. Like, like, like this? Yeah. yeah, the big pad that's like super yeah. thick or whatever. Yeah. So I was running a tent slower everywhere. On I think it was when I was back on NASCAR here because it's when I first got the wheel. I was running a tent slower at a road course. As soon as I take the wheel, as soon as I take the uh, the pad off, hmm. I picked up two tents. Damn. Yeah. Why, I wonder. What what would it make that I don't know if it was the center weight on the I don't know. I've all I've I've always been finicky since then about like the way I have the weight on my wheel positioned. Yeah. I don't know. It's just Um then, Real quick, Braswell's go. wife says we want Selby's camera on. Hold on. Uh go ahead. Uh, sessions. I didn't mean to cut you off, bud. Oh no, you're good. I just like what he's talking about. It kind of makes me laugh because there's people I know in real life. They'll have a dry slick steering wheel, and then they'll have a tacky steering wheel, and that's what it kind of reminded me of. Just because of the weight and the thickness of them, it, it's just kind of funny to me. I've never been Crazy. that kind of guy. Well, I do have to say, um, I not like I know. I don't know if you guys do the. Um, 
zero force feedback or low feedback or whatever. I do a very, very low force feedback um, on asphalt. Like when I started doing like almost no force feedback on asphalt, dude, I got so much freaking faster. I don't know why. I guess just because you can move the wheel quicker or something, maybe. I don't know. It's just I can save tires, be fastest, the fastest guy on the track, like in a Cindy car for at least. I don't know about anything else, but I would. I literally, I think I had like 11 poles out of, I don't know if that's correct. I'm just quoting it. But I feel like it was 11 poles um, last season out of 21 races. Um, I, I feel like it had a big, big change when i started running that low low almost non-existent just enough to feel the feel the oval car get loose yeah but not like where it's jerking your freaking hand around like it, a lot of people do it for the version see with mine i think it's more of like on the dirt it's fine what you like in the late models, I don't like a lot of force feedback just because you drive them so straight either way. And yeah, I don't like a lot I, on those either. I think if you do too much force feedback with the, with the late models, it can kind of make you oversteer. But if if you go into like UMP modifieds, I have to turn my force feedback a lot up because I don't feel the car at all. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that that's, 100%. That's one thing. That's kind of how the new uh, next-gen cars are on the asphalt. You have to turn. You do have to turn the feedback up because there's almost none because it's a rack and pinion i'm assuming mm. the late models have a rack and pinion also yeah, yeah. the mods don't mods don't okay. no, they that, make, that makes sense yeah it makes sense same kind of concept then uh rack and pinion just a little bit lighter i guess yeah right yeah true which also like you can adjust everything and like the late models you can adjust how how fast the wheel turns you can change your steering ratio but uh I wouldn't really adjust it. I'd go quick as you as you can on it. Right. It's just with the force feedback. I mean, it's all about preference. If you're a driver that wants a lot, so you feel everything and you want to actually feel like the the car. But if you want to just drive the car but not strain to drive it, I would I wouldn't go very high in lay models. I got you. Now on on a direct drive, it might be different. I don't have a direct drive. No, me neither. What, what kind of wheel do you have? I just have a Logitech. It's a normal Logitech. Yeah, the 920 G29 920, and then I had, like I made Pro Series with Logitech 920 and stock Logitech pedals. That is all I did, dude. That's 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 impressive. what I got too. Hey, that's <laughs> impressive, both of y'all, man. That's good. The only shit. thing, the only thing I did to mine is I took my clutch spring out and I put it in my gas pedal, and I put my gas pedal spring in my clutch. It's stiffer, which makes better throttle. That's the only uh, thing I did. That's pretty impressive. Not gonna lie. See, um, I run my- Everybody over here like Selby's with Fanatec fifteen hundred dollar wheelbases and hey, mine was, <laughs> hey, listen, mine was free. Hey, can't beat Let's that. Go. I've no, got no. so I've got a two point five uh Fanatec with uh with the freaking universal hub and yeah, I paid way too much fucking money for it. Mm-hmm. See the thing I thought about going with, and I think it'd be smart for a lot of iRacers that were trying to get into it, go with the Moza bundle. It's six hundred dollars for pedal, a direct drive wheel, and everything. Damn, not bad at That's all. That's a good price. No, it's a very it, good price. It, it comes with a wire, but they can also connect to your computer wireless. You don't have to have a wire for it. Really? So, mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Kind of cool, actually. Yeah. 
Right. So back to what I'm saying, right? About my wheel. Weighted weighted weird. Here we go again. (laughs) So look, I've changed the facing bolts so they're lighter bolts on the center of the wheel. (laughs) Right? Love it. Innovation. And then I have taken where this button right here on this side, right? Yeah. Is supposed to be mounted up here. I've actually mounted it to the side of the paddle shifter. Oh, look at that. That's actually pretty cool. To the front yeah, like facing that. the paddle shifter. So I if like I ever that. do have to put the finger on it, the right hand on it, huh. it's right there. Pretty smart, man. Pretty freaking smart, actually. Agreed. I like it. I One thing. Uh, I just got my wheel, put it on, clamp it down. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, so we got to do the quick release and, you know. One one thing uh one thing too like for anybody that i know uh i was running some asphalt stuff when the trucks and xfinity cars uh dag a week um and i'll run some asphalt stuff too you know like uh if kansas or las vegas comes up homestead stuff like that and i I always found myself talking to guys because um you know somebody bring up something and normally it's me saying you know i'm from the dirt side of things because normally what it is is obviously dega somebody or wreck somebody and (laughs) you know it goes from there um, but yeah, from, from the dirt side, I hear a lot of asphalt guys. They're really, a lot of them are curious and want to get in the dirt. Um, I just, I don't know what, you know, obviously everybody prefers their thing. There's a reason why we're on dirt. There's a reason they right. run asphalt. Um, where you grew up, what the cars you watch growing up. Right. Yeah. You know, it's what uh, you're more interested in really. It's not nothing, you know, necessarily, oh, dirt's this, so asphalt's that or whatever. People it's just what you, that, yeah. People yeah, try to argue which know. one's better. It's what you grew up with and what you like better. Yeah, it's, it's the preference. Thing, you know? yeah. 100% preference. <laughs> and then for like people on the asphalt side coming into um, the dirt side, they want to hop right into a super late model and go oh, right. sideways. Yeah. Don't do that's like me getting in and going into a league with the with the cup with the cup cars. Yeah. yeah. I need to go down into we'll like see. a street stock level and and practice. Nah, you laps. can start with trucks. You'd be good with trucks. Truck. I mean, yeah, trucks are good. Trucks are trucks extending. Are like You'd be good. Okay. See, for me being over in like all the t- all the times I've went and ran asphalt, like when I was building for pay to win, they tried and tried to get me to go run asphalt all the time. It's either the asphalt super light model that I'm really good in for whatever reason, or the B car. B car. That's the Xfendi yeah. car. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm really good yeah. in Xfendi car. Really. Yeah. That's yeah. I think you would love our Xfendi series though. Yeah, Richmond and the B cars is, is Yeah. Fun shit, man. Yeah. They're they're a lot yeah. of fun. Oh yeah. Um, I love Richmond and the B cars. I like throwing slide jobs at Kansas. <laughs> the worst <laughs> thing the ever truck, is trucks uh, in Arlington uh, though. So uh, um I'm gonna throw out a Something real quick. Braswell's wife says, Sessions, we love you. My brother watches your pro scene races and huge fan. And the iRacing chef says that I have a DD1, love it, but the long races, I get tired. I used to run the NASCAR rim, loved it, but I feel the smaller BMW wheel works better on dirt. So you think smaller wheels are better? Or like, is that just a preference thing? Um, I don't I mean, know. For iRacing, I think it would be just because the range of motion. Where you where a bigger wheel, you have to move it way more than a smaller wheel, but you can get smaller movements out of it. It's really preference. So here's one thing I heard one time from uh, Image ninety eight. Um, he races uh with a bunch of the D one RT guys and stuff. Um, he had a what a DDR whatever it is some some fan tech wheel. Um, with you know direct drive, and he says honestly, um. The direct drive, in his opinion, it's just his opinion. Um, I don't have a direct drive drive wheel, excuse me, but 
Um, he said it's a little overkill for dirt. He says asphalt is definitely the way to go for yeah. way if you want to go direct drive with asphalt. But right, you you can get by without direct drive for asphalt or for dirt. Excuse me. Right. So I agree there is with that. that. In my opinion, from all sources, and I've never owned. I've I have the CSL Elite and will stay to my CSL Elite. I haven't updated my. That's another thing I'm worried about. Is I ain't updated my CSL Elite in two years. Oh, that is the no firmware update on dirt. No firmware update. I found Whoa. a firmware update. Uh, so listen, I updated it one wow. time, and it took me like a week to get it back the way I wanted to. Yeah. And yeah, not updating it ever again. So are you worried? Are you kind of just worried that it'll mess your settings up? Or are you yeah. worried? Yeah. Uh, so are you worried about it possibly getting outdated then? What about that? Have you well, thought no, about that? So the, the funny thing with the CSL, right? Hmm. The CSL Elite. Is I've talked to people that has updated it. They got their wheel the same time as mine or whatever, and I actually have more settings with the firmware update that I'm on right now than the, the latest one. Nice, that's pretty awesome, man. Which but, way, are you on the original CSL or the two point five? I'm on the two point five. You're uh, see, I'm on the two point five, but I have more settings now than what I originally did a year ago. I don't know for whatever reason it's. I have like three or four more settings. Hmm. But what I was about to say is from all sources that I've heard is the direct drive wheel tries to overwhelm itself on dirt. Yeah. Right. I can definitely it, tries, it tries to put too much input to it and too much feel. So yeah. it don't actually give you a realistic feeling on dirt. Right. Oh, it dude. Just, when, uh, it tries when it, to pick up too much. Yeah, I can when see that. It, when Image used to race, uh, I remember a couple times he'd have his camera on and stuff, and I mean that that wheel would be ripping his hands around. <laughs> I mean, so he must have had that thing cranked up or something. But I mean, it's it's impressive what those things can do. But yeah, I've heard it's a little overkill. Yeah, I've sometimes heard what's really dirt. good for dirt is actually a belt-driven wheel. Yep, yeah, same. Yeah, that's what I've heard. From what I've always heard, the one that you absolutely want to stay away from is the uh, the Thrustmaster brushless. Hmm. Okay. Which one? The, uh, what's the, the model name? So do you know? It's the T three hundred and the T five hundred. Okay, I got. So you. neither one of them is direct drive or belt driven. They're like a brushless. Right. I have a T three hundred. I've never ran it on iRacing, right. but I've heard that you absolutely want to stay away from them because you don't get hardly any feel at all. Huh. But I wonder why that I is. I mean, I mean, I'll just tell you right now. If you go, anybody wants to. If you ever find yourself in the lobby with uh, Blake Majulis or Evan Sayer, um any of those guys any dirt racer really that's really into it they'll tell you flat out you can get by with whatever wheel you want um i know, G29, G27. I know blake, are the first thing blake you're gonna have is running a true force logitech. that's true cody yeah that's all blake yep. blake's running he's not even running a right. fanatec he has a logitech true force yeah 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 the so wheel is, isn't the issue it's with, the pedals with with fanatec v3 pedals you want to know what's throttle wild? control is everything under let me tell you what's more wild than that so hayden cardwell is actually on the original g27 what really <laughs> yep damn that's crazy to be honest in the dirt it's not it's not Both really about what, it's not really about the steering wheel you have it's about what pedals you have well yeah. On it's asphalt, <laughs> asphalt, the pedals made me uh, faster, more consistent, I would say. But I did find a little speed, like maybe a couple tenths with the wheel. I mean, yeah, um, you're, you can get faster with a better wheel, but you're really going to pick up speed through throttle control. Yeah. Not yeah. spinning your tires. Yeah. All your wheel's doing is just not, it's just 
You not Ex- going too sideways. Especially in any kind of um, kind of our division, our us, our division of dirt racing with late models, UMPs. If you want to, you can throw big box in there, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like your 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 sprint cars and that style, you're driving it more with the wheel instead of the pedal. Yeah. In dirt, you're literally. I turn my car in. Mm-hmm. I use my wheel as a guide. I turn my car in with my gas. I spot every time I go into a corner, no matter whatever it is, slick track, whatever, I spike my throttle and keep my wheel straight. I spike my yeah. throttle to get the car sideways. Every well, time. I think I think that's another thing too that yeah. doesn't. Dirt's just unique on its own because you think an asphalt car, and they're like when I said throttle controls everything on dirt. The same could be said about asphalt. Um, I think that's tire. Why. Well, that's one thing. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think that all you dirt guys that come over and run asphalt are so fucking good is because you have all <laughs> that throttle control and you there's just the little things you got to figure out. Um, yeah. But guys like, like Scott Fritz, man, dude. He's yeah, went, he's insane. Yeah, I mean, he's went, he, he didn't used to be that freaking good on asphalt, but he he's he's really damn good now, man. Really good. No, Wait, I thing... think... oh, go ahead, oh, I was about to say the one thing that I've picked up on the few asphalt races I run a season or whatever is it's not necessarily like I feel like a dirt guy can hop in an asphalt car and absolutely rip a lap time down, or at least oh I mean, yeah, you, know, yeah. You, you can you can you can lip a qual you can rip a qual lap yeah. every single time, uh, and I've seen that you know like when we run whatever races like the the Las Vegas truck race we ran the other night or whatever yeah. Uh, I think it was me and Fergie one two in the in qualifying or whatever. And but the problem with the dirt thing is is we're used to the car getting looser over a run with the track wearing in. Right. We're not used to having to the car starting to push tight. Right. Hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, that, oh, I that's think... that's due to tire wear. You know, we don't have that under. Yeah, well, either racing. way, in dirt, it would no. still be. We would still have dirt. something making us looser. looser right, roll. exactly. Yeah, on dirt, right. when you lose a tire, you you get loose. Uh, yeah. T- tire management, though, that's one thing. You, like you said, uh, a, a dirt guy could go bust off a lap in in asphalt. Yeah, that's fine. But when we're uh, when we're running D class Arca lap sixty around Homestead Miami, <laughs> we're gonna start All to right. fade a little bit. Yeah, and we'll I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, you go ahead. You're good. I was gonna say I think that that's a that is one of the things. Like I said, the little things you guys would have to learn is tire management. Yeah. Um, strategy when to pit, when not to. Yeah, and yep. those once you, when you would come out, yeah, I'm you, like I said, you'd put down some hella fast, uh, qualifying, you know, hot laps. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing would be just getting used to tire management. Uh, pit stops, maybe a little racecraft, you know, yeah. stuff like that coming from. Cause like yeah. on asphalt, they people they want to bitch so bad about guys bumping them, rubbing them, touching them. Cause one thing, arrow is massively important on asphalt, and we know that. So I hear guys, you know. He's bumping me through the corner. He's uh, he rubbed my car. He put a donut on the side. Well, fuck, that's racing, man. That's part that's of it. Racing. Yeah, that's part you know, of that's, it. 
he can't run you over, but if he's just if he's just moving you a little bit and you know rubbing you a little bit, I'm not going to say nothing to the guy. And I, you wouldn't be you'd be surprised how many times I've had guys come to me say, "Hey, uh, he's touching me over here in the corner. You need to do something." I'm like, "I ain't gonna. There ain't nothing for me to do, man. It's racing. He ain't wrecked you yet. So when he wrecks you, then yeah. I'll do something." Yeah, Robin's racing, man. Go watch Days of Thunder. <laughs> that's that's you know uh, it's. Especially well, in dirt, you know, for us, dirt yeah. like like we said earlier, contact is inevitable. I don't know how many times I've I've went in a corner or seen somebody go in the corner, and you know, Lord have mercy, you know, they bumped front quarter panels, you know, and they both go their separate ways, but somebody's got to mic up and yeah, say something to, to the other guy. Sideways, <laughs> three wide, something's gonna happen. Yeah, well, at eighty, <laughs> you know, the quarter mile track. Yeah. The funny thing you brought up about era, right, is. The little bit that I've actually worked with MoTeC on dirt, which MoTeC is not very reliable on dirt because we don't have, well, at least in the late models, is we don't have a contact model on the bottom side of the late model. Right. So we can shove the left front in the dirt. We can, you know, we can glitch through the ground, all that. The same thing y'all used to be able to do on asphalt, right? Like a year or two ago. But the dirt light model is actually one of the most aerodynamic depending cars in the entire sim. I'll be right back, you messed, real quick. You you cringled your your right spoiler a little bit. You lost a tenth or two. Yeah, right I, I, and the, the funny thing is, right, is we always we always get right rear damage. But if you go out there and you damage my left rear, I'll run my three fastest laps of the race. Yep. And then I'll fall off. Why is that? I don't know, I guess that left rear is just getting knocked up in there and you're getting a little more downforce. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, it don't make much sense because you're still getting a hole in the bottom side of your spooler. It's just iracing, whatever. Crazy. You know? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Uh, but, but going back, you know, alluding back to the whole uh, thing with asphalt, the guys, um, I, I kind of, I don't want to say that or or whiny or anything like that but i do know that on dirt you know you guys do lean on each other more and there's a lot more bumping and hitting and stuff like that obviously you can't do that at um bigger tracks but short track racing on asphalt which is some of the best racing in my opinion uh that you can have i'm not a big fan of the cookie cutter mile and a half tracks where it's everybody single file around just you know i'm not a big fan of those nor am I a fan of the super speedways either. I mean, each one has a talent level to it and takes a certain, you know, you have to learn things. You have to learn skill. I think the biggest thing for the dirt guys would be learning the race craft of what, like, so we have net code on our end and our, but our net code can send a guy, you know, and end his race like instantly. Yeah. So, because yeah. you're running 180 mile an hour, dude hits you, you go into the wall, you're done. Um, whereas opposed to the dirt, maybe you hit the wall and you're not done. You're just you have damage. Yeah. Well, there's but, this uh, new thing on the dirt that for some reason has been popping up the last week or two. When two guys net code into each other, it's speeding them up like 50 more mile an hour than what they were. And I don't know what this glitch is. It was, we did a, during pro series, we were doing a series every Sunday just for practice. 
there was two dudes that got got into it and weed sport and when they hit the grass usually you slow down they went over 130 mile an hour through the infield they couldn't stop damn and then with and one thing with net code on the racing uh, on the dirt side it is so inconsistent like i'll barely let's say me and selby in our corner together i can put my right front on him if i wanted to but then when net code kicks in it just sends him like it pops him in the air selby will start flipping it's a the prediction thing, code is what it is. Well, the mm-hmm. thing is, right, is our net code of a lot of times is, is they will be contact. Mm-hmm. Eventually. But then, yes. but then, but then, I well, no, even if you initiate contact yeah. first, right, you have contact and then it net codes it more. Yeah. Because it's the, um, there's a guy on YouTube, um, his name is Nebo, and I think it is, whatever his name is, um, he did a video on it and. Yeah, he broke it all down, and it's the it's a prediction code. So the net code is yeah, there's gonna be net code is just you know if I'm out there racing at 125 ping and Sessions is out there at 60 ping, um if I get close to him, so if I'm going into three and I'm sending it in, their prediction code with your ping, it they're predicting my car to keep sliding, but I'm yeah. I'm on the brakes, you know I know how to drive the car, but yeah. the, but the coding is reading it like oh mm. I just <laughs> I just blew Austin's door right out, you know it's. That's the problem with it. Um, it has gotten better. Um, I remember, uh-huh. I don't know if you guys remember, but Weed Sport used to have coming out of four. There was an invisible wall coming out of four. Yeah, at Weed Sport, you'd be running. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. could get five feet if you were anywhere from five to three feet. Yeah, on the inside yeah, wall coming Weed out of four, came out, you straight line it. it. You no, would go, bad. and the fast lane three and four would get slicker. Is the bottom, but if you get too close to that wall, you'll just start doing a front flip. You'll just go up in the air. Crazy. Well, and I don't know how this, I don't know necessarily, maybe you can relate to this, Jason, on how it works on asphalt-wise. Right. But when they introduced the new damage model to dirt, right, first with the street stocks, it instantly changed how the cushion felt. Yeah. Entirely. No matter whether or not we were racing a street stock, didn't matter if we were racing a late model, sprint car, UMP modified, big block modified, 358 modified, whatever it deals, the dirt felt different. Right. Well, that's because they, they actually did a dirt update, though, with them. So if, was, if you read the patch notes, they made the uh, the mushier dirt, like the mushier mud. That would go well, that was it. actually a few updates later. No, that was they, they did one with the damage model. Oh, okay. It was right before Pro Series when they, they, they did it. It was actually like two days before Fairbury. Well, no, yeah, see, you know, this was like um, at least six months ago when they first introduced the damage. Oh, that okay. was when they introduced the damage model to the sprint cars. Yeah, when yeah, they yeah. introduced the damage model to the uh, street stocks. Oh, it was the sprint cars. It was, yeah. Yeah. All I know is that marbles rip. No, there's it's it's like they added more dirt, um, to the surface. It's like they say, for example, you had three feet of dirt out there. You know, I'm just throwing out numbers. They added uh five feet of dirt. You know, they added two more feet to the top. It's like we can dig more. It's like there's more kick up because I remember on the old tire model, um, like it would get. It was there, but like you run marbles and it would be hooked up. But now you can run marbles. Like Bristol is a great example because Bristol will burn out the bottom. Obviously, say so that's the first thing you run out. Right. When that line finally does start to move up, when you're running the marbles at Bristol, it doesn't matter what you're in. You can feel it. Like that car is hooked. You know, it's it's insane. Yeah, um, sprint so... cars at Knoxville. Do you throw the car up top and the cushion is too big? I mean, you'll you'll flip right over. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. So, I'm sure Cody and Austin, you can both agree with me on this. The new tracks that iRacing has released since, what was the first one? I, when I-55 came out, right? Yeah, Cedar Lake. 
I fifty five one out no even I'm I'm excluding because I still feel like that's the old we had like a yeah. good, like eight month gap before we got a oh. track again, yeah right. year yeah. or whatever yeah. it was because the big blocks dropped then too and we um, all these new tracks have a different dirt on them hundred percent yeah so Which I watched yeah they did, they they did. Too, right? so I watched a video a while back on this right. And it was somebody that like studied iRacing or whatever broke it down because it, they were talking about the uh, the cup cars racing on dirt at the new Bristol, right? The new Bristol layout or whatever, right? So every single dirt track beforehand had been layered with the very bottom layer being asphalt. Every single one of them. There's asphalt underneath our new dirt tracks, is what you're saying? No, not the new ones, the old ones. Oh, okay. The old ones. There's a very thin layer, but it's there. Right. Because okay. the first tracks they came out with was what? Linear, USA. Yeah. Um, they were scanned so they, with asphalt first. They were they were scanned with asphalt and first. Then they put dirt on themselves. And yeah. then they put dirt on themselves, right? Yeah. Right. So then after that, they used that as a base and did every single track that way. It was okay. easier for them to model the track originally in asphalt and then cover it with dirt. That That's why sense. a lot of those old tracks, you get a lip around the bottom side of the track. Yep. Perfect oh, example. Up. Perfect example is Lanier. You know how you yep, can't get exactly. all the way down there. There's yep. a little in Lanier. There's a little flat to a little dip part right there. Yep. Yep. That's where. That's where you stick your car. That's where. That's why out. you gotta. Yeah. That's why you gotta run that like little thin and line. It, it never gets the, slick there. There's always that little I'm, traction grip right there. What I'm more curious about now, um, real quick, is just um. Lernerville and I-55 um, are really, it's really prominent there. The, it's its permanently slick on top or on the wall. Permanently slick. It's its its pre-gen slick. So I don't really know what the reasoning is. Is it if that's to calm down? Because is it the looks that you're talking about when you're on tacky track? It's, it's just always slick. Like if you go rip, like we'll run a pro official or something and it doesn't matter if brand new track. Maybe it's not slick, right, brand new, but as soon as you put a couple laps on it, it's it goes from tacky to black immediately. It yeah. just super slicked up. So I don't know if that's to try to knock down because, I mean, Austin and Matthew can definitely agree. I racing for a long time was <laughs> put it on the wall. Yeah, put it on the wall and let her eat. Yeah. It is, right, yeah. And, I mean, if you go watch dirt racing anywhere, it is, if anything, it goes back to the bottom, you know, normally. Well, that's the, that's the main reason, like, a lot of guys now are preferring the old tire mode. Everybody wishes, you know, you know, you get, which I mean, I wasn't that successful in old tire model because I've been running on it very long, but Same. is you could run bottom at learner. You could run bottom, mm-hmm. you you could run bottom at a lot of these tracks just flat out. Right. And. Definitely get more sideways old tire model. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I, then you I also got. You could floor it. Yeah, you could absolutely wide floor open. it. Wide open, you know, which. But you felt nothing in the car, though. It was like you were just exactly, exactly. on air. Yeah, it was weird. Exactly. But you were flying. You were flying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, like, that's, that's why it's taken so long to even break some of the old records. Like, the Charlotte record, the world record, stood for so long. Oh, yeah. It's because they were literally wide open the entire time around there. Yeah. I, what, what? I remember ahead, when I was trying dirt out uh, two years ago for the first time. You could flat foot it just about anywhere. Um, yep. And so kind of, I kind of see what you were going with earlier. Selby is um, I, I do notice a difference in uh, asphalt. There's a, there's a, like a grip patch 
right around the bottom of the every asphalt track. If you hit it just right, your car is stuck to the bottom and you are flying. Mm-hmm. It's there's a it's just it's like there's a little little patch of grip like they put um VHT or uh what's the other shit they call it? VH1. PH1, yeah, VHT or PH1. It's like you put that shit there and uh or PJ1, PJ1. PJ1, yeah. Yeah, that's what they call it now. There's a other uh, VHT is what we used to use in drag racing. It was the same yeah. same kind of shit as PJ1. Yeah. But uh it's like it's got PJ1 all the way around that bottom, but you have to hit it just so perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why I hear a lot of oval guys run zero feedback because they just they know where to turn the wheel and it doesn't move around and they can just hold it right there you know what i'm saying and it, it's like the whole corner they're just hooked up and and just rolling and it's crazy man but i've yeah. seen a big difference in it since got damage updates and the, the cars cup cars have the new damage model um I don't know about Xfinity. I don't. I don't think Xfinity has new the new damage model yet. But the Cup cars. I don't think so. Isn't the asphalt cars? Isn't it just the street stock? Arca eighty sevens. Eighty sevens and Cup. And cup car. Yeah. Arca street stocks eighty sevens. Cup. I think. Yeah, I killed the wall in a truck the other day at Talladega, and my bumper got pushed in. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, it's the thing is, is I'll I'll say I've said it once, I'll say it again, I've said it a million times. I racing is a great thing, you know. Is it is it bugged? It, does it have problems? Absolutely. But I racing got, I racing blew up when COVID was a oh hundred percent. I racing that's what got exploded. me in it. Exploded. Same. I racing yeah. got popular. It exploded. Yeah. Yep. Um. So they were they're already from that moment on their dev team was behind the eight ball. You know, because they weren't prepared for it. You know, who who was? You know, but they got a bunch so, of money from it too, so they should be right. taking that money right back into better developers, better everything, right? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, think with with it all, so like, okay, NASCAR cars. Every year, y'all have a new car, like new the way, like you have the new the car stand, yep. the car, the Never one thing. Package. That, yeah, the one thing Dirt Side is lacking is, like, our Dirtly models are actually, like, a 2016 Black Diamond. No yeah. one races those anymore. No. They ain't made anymore. They, are, we they need, ain't even made it. We need a 2022 XR1 or a Longhorn. Just the way, because that will actually make the car drive different as well, because the dynamic of the car is different. Like, I guess so why don't they go scan it? Play. Why don't they go we'll scan it? Rumor has it there's been a car scan. I'm not going to say heard, anything because I don't know my liberty to say anything, but I heard that there is a... Weaver. I heard there, there was... A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out Howard Weaver. Thing. I heard the same thing, but I don't know if there's any truth to it or not, but I did hear the same thing. Obviously, you know, Scott is ingrained in the dirt community as well, and he brought it up, not, I don't know, a few weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. I remember him telling me about it roughly. Well, the ideal thing if we were living in a perfect world or in a perfect universe or whatever within the iRacing thing is, is you would think since it's the world of outlaws, since world of outlaws is, since its creation was the Mark Richards show, right? It was, you know, Rocket Chassis, you know, they won so many, you know, Kid Rocket won championship his rookie season, won rookie of the year, all that. They kind of made rules around Rocket for a long time, right? Right. Um... But we would get the XR1, we would get the new Longhorn, we would get the Bloomer, 
we would at least get three good chassis that we could choose from. Right. The same way that y'all get, you know, the, the Toyota Ford Xfinity. You know, but, Toyota Ford Chevy, the whole nine yards. We would get it. They they don't even they don't even have to race differently either. Just give us the cosmetic looks of them. Yeah, just you know, the looks. it's no, right. no, no, see, yeah. no. See, I want an individual scan done on each one of them. Yeah, I get that, but then you're gonna get to the fact of one's gonna be better eventually. So and everybody's gonna run it. Yeah, it would have to just be the looks of the car. So they claim that there's no difference on the asphalt side between the Chevy Ford or Toyota. That's what they claim. Mm-hmm. But Keith Hackney, who is you know, as you guys know, he's a, he's a really high rating dirt guy, street stock driver. He builds the, I guess he's building pro lates now for elite. He's been our points leader in truck series all, all year. And he runs a Toyota and he swears by the Toyota truck. He swears up and down. The Toyota truck has an advantage over the other two. And the, as fast as that guy's been all season, because when he started the season out, he was not this fast. He's put in a shitload of practice. I'll go and tell you, he, he started the season out. He was mediocre at best. He was not what he is now. He's put in a lot of time. And that's another thing I preach to everybody is practice, 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 practice. The more seat time, the better, the faster. I try to tell all my oval guys, practice, practice, practice. A lot of them work, have regular jobs. They can't do it. You know, they're nine to five or nine to six, nine to 10 or nine to eight. I mean, guys, so they come home at eight o'clock they jump on the sim for an hour, 45 minutes. We do driver's meeting at eight 45. They got to go racing, you know, and bam, it's, there's no practice. So they struggle, but the guys like Keith that are able to go out there and practice, 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 and practice mm-hmm. all week long. Um, he's gotten tremendously faster and there's, there is another guy who drives a Ford who probably practices just as much as Keith, but he can't keep up with him. Keith is still faster by like a tenth or a couple hundredths or something every single week, seems like. Well, see, from what I've always heard is Chevys, and I, just a general statement or whatever. What That's I heard what I've noticed this show. When I started, what I always heard when I kind of played with asphalt a little bit there for like a month or so, is Chevys are your restrictor plate cars. Yeah. Fords are like your intermediate cards. And then the Yoders are your short tracks and road courses. Well, the Yotas have been killing it on intermediates here lately. Yeah, I mean, I, that's just what I heard several moons ago. But Yeah, I mean, that may be true for that, but I know um, I want to say that the Tundra ha- is it's the 2022 Tundra. Yeah, versus versus the 2019 Silverado versus the 2020 Ford. Is that right? Yeah, it's something like that. I, I need to the, look at my the, files and see what the the Tundra is the most updated one. Yes, so. and it's and it's been killing the other two uh, manufacturers on iRacing, um, at least in bluegrass all all season. Even the in the um. Xfinity series, the guys that run Toyotas are fast. The guys that run Fords are fast. The guys that run Chevrolets are struggling. I mean, they can beat them on a long run, but as far as hot lapping, mm-hmm. Fords have seemed to be the fastest which, Xfinity right now, and they are the newest Xfinity car that got scanned. Which so. I guess... Ah, uh, that makes sense. I guess technically we do have, you know, kind of our own chassis 
each individual chassis on there, if you want to call it that. The same way you know, that you have, you know, Rocket and Longhorn and the Bloomquist and all that. Instead, we got set up shops. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what it is. Am I not right, Cody and Austin? What's that? Instead of chassis builders, you got set up shops. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, something that's definitely changed the game. Uh, setups is definitely a thing. Um, that's another thing. That's what I was gonna say earlier. Um, for guys that are coming over, the 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 skill gap is definitely um increased, and that is due to you know people just the player base kind of thinning out a little bit. The guys that stayed dedicated, um, they kept grinding. You know, you go to asphalt, same thing. But uh, the setup shop game has definitely changed i racing dirt side tremendously. Um, it has in the late models, uh, the big blocks and the sprint cars mostly. Um, it's uh, it's really fun, but at the same time, it's uh, it can be a headache. <laughs> let's uh, let's touch base on that real quick. The setup shop drama. Let's let's just talk about that. Let's give these. Let's give the listeners. Let's give the viewers a little something uh to talk about because you know, obviously, House of Speed. They claim they're the fastest. They're the best. CFM claims yeah. they're the fastest. They're the best. You've got different setup shops. What are your all's opinions? So, what do you guys think? With me, well, the way I say how you choose your setup shop, if you choose to support someone, right. if you come into dirt, you do not have to support a setup shop. You can Correct. be on your own. You can learn from people that are in them, but you can be on your own. But if you choose to support somebody, don't do it because of what they're posting. Don't do it because of what they're winning. Don't do it because of who's in it. If you like the people and you like how they run it, then use them. Right. But if you're joining exactly. it just because of the speed of them, but you don't like the drama behind it, then don't use them. Yes, that's, I gotta find that's a wise that's Agreed. a wise advice right there. I, yeah, that is perfect. Good job sessions. Yeah, like the reason I joined CFM because I was with another setup shop that wasn't very known. I came from White Knuckle and I joined CFM. I the reason for that is not because of the name of CFM. I could care less of the name. It's I really like Chris Ferguson. He's a cool dude. He's a good dude in iRacing. He helps he is. the community out a lot. Yep. And then he helps also, Bluegrass, yep. The help between Blake and Evan are more than what people know and what people think. They think those two are just the biggest people in iRacing, and they will not help you. That is like not snobs. They think they're snobs. Yeah, they're, they're not. not. They'll sit in Discord with you, and they'll sit there, and they'll help you and try to get you faster just like they are. All three That's of why us I have... chose them. I All feel... three of us have gotten faster because of Blake and Evan. Um, yeah. Dylan Yeager is another guy. Um, yep. yeah. I like he, Dylan. Dylan Yeager is a good dude. You know, Dylan. Dylan walked walked in the pro lane models tonight. Drug. Everybody. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he was yeah. gone. You know? He was absolutely yeah. gone. He actually moved up in points because of that too. Um, yep. Take a look yep. at that real points quick. Points battle is uh, shaping but up pretty good. If we're as, uh, as far as the setup shop thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I we'll feel, keep going. Let's go. <laughs> we're getting in the juice. I, I feel like yeah. I might be able to speak the best on this because he's been on both sides of it. Matthew, Matthew is a good I've example. I've been yeah. on four sides of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matthew's been a little bit everywhere. Well, you've been on the two <laughs> top hitters that are going against. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been, and I'm True. not gonna, I'm not gonna speak on that because I don't want to get into that. Cause yeah, don't worry about it's, that. Is what it is. It's enough drama that's going on. Right, but as far as when I got on here, I had zero help, absolutely none, and 
I started running better, you know, I made that first spring fling or whatever, you know, we started dead last in it, but I mean, hell, we made it, um, within like a month of being on the sim or like actually like building setups in the sim or trying to, um, shortly after that, I got picked up by pay to win to be the builder for pay to win right. on their dirt stuff. Uh, David Lamb there, he, he great dude, just wanted to start my own. Yeah. And we did Speed Shop X for a little bit, and, you know, we got, once that went down, you know, we had, we were releasing, you know, super sets and pro sets every single week, and then we brought on a street stock builder as well. Yeah. At one point in time. Um. Uh, you know, the whole, the thing that I got sick of, absolutely sick of, was instead of racing to race and to race to win, is you're racing to sell a setup. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that gets sick and tired. It's the Facebook today. post after, it's the, in the race, they have quick chats on their steering wheel, where they got the setup from, and all this. That's, that's annoying that's, on asphalt, too. Mm-hmm. Freaking yeah. Rocco. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Shit. Let's get into that here in a little bit. <laughs> oh Lord. He might it's get definitely... a season assist. Do they gotta pay five hundred dollars every time they make that post in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh it's definitely preference. You know, you gotta find what what suits you. Um I don't I'm not afraid to say it. It is what it is. I've ran a little bit of everybody's setups. I don't care. I've ran RKM, I've ran House of Speed, I've ran I run and predominantly run and support Majula C Speed Shop, CFME Sports, um, me, Matt, and Austin do. Um, But I mean, you know, I've been on the sim for two years. I've run a little bit of everything. And I'll say something flat out. Um, In my opinion, everybody's got their own track. Um, Tanner Tomasi, he used to build really good stuff for Volusia. Um, uh, Evan C is, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Evan and Blake is, you know, immediately when you load in that car and you throw in that setup, you know, immediately, at least I, I can feel Blake, Blake and Evan built that setup because right. that's one thing Blake and Evan build setups. They don't, they, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're out there be fast, but they build setups for everybody to drive. You can jump in there. You can tweak uh-huh. it to exactly how you want it. Um, other setup shops, I'm not going to say any names. They'll build a setup and they're the only damn person that can drive it. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 well, what, what good is that to me? You know, yeah. um, it's so I, I'd rather you know, take something that I can tweak for myself. And you're learning along with that as well. You're gaining knowledge. Yeah. With I, will it. Say, I will say this. There is a drastically different feel. Between setup shops. Yeah. I mean, yes. drastically. See, and that's the, um, to me, that's one of the other issues with the whole setup drama is you have, I'm not going to say the names of the people, but you have, everybody's going to know what I'm talking about, but it's whatever. <laughs> you have some people that say that they're not running their sets that they're selling, but I'm running the sets, or they're not. Yeah, I sometimes they don't run it because they do maybe two or three tweaks for that track. The track was different than what, because people don't understand is when setup shops build sets, they're for the officials. Exactly. They're for the officials of how their track's going to be. Their track going to get very slick. It's not going to be that when you, so when it gets to a longer race of like, let's say a league race or a money race, you're going to have to tweak that website setup yep. to do good. Cause 100%. you're going to get way too loose at the very end. Right. That's, that's like the issue is just, 
It's just people that are trying to, they're just trying to bicker at each other so their name's out there and they can grow and grow. And, but they're yep. doing it in a negative way by calling other people out. If you're the fastest people, the fastest setup shop, go win the races to make you grow. You don't got to be in the community talking down. You don't have people. to be toxic. Yes. No, yeah. that's where you scare people away. You know, that's, that's where the community doesn't grow anymore. If Agreed. you got two guys yakking on Facebook saying, oh, my setup shop is better than yours. Yours sucks. You know, I, I have, bro, I have on. left probably four different iRacing groups because I am tired of setup shops. At all I see is a screenshot. Four on four, four K SOF win, five K yeah. SOF win. Buy my set here, dude. I'm, I'm on here see to see what people are talking. And about. and the thing is, real quick, is the thing is, is I think is really funny is that some setup shops, <laughs> they'll go and buy other setup shop setups and sell them as they their will. own setups. It's, it's been done. I'm not saying all of them, but I mean that's you know that's how petty it gets. I mean, um, to yeah. be honest with with like tire model on the dirt side, the way it is. I'm just gonna be honest. If you buy one set and you buy another set from website, they're gonna have similarities. Yeah. Oh yeah, for That's sure. It's the only Tire- way they're gonna oh, be yeah. fast. Tire models been out way too long. Well, we need well, a see, new one. I'll, I'll say this right when because when I first started getting fast is when the new tire model. Mm-hmm. See, I was the other way around. Yeah, that's 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 right when I that's right when I picked up speed and right when I started yeah. getting headway because it's what I was able to work on. I had a clear mindset going into it. I wasn't trying to do things from the previous tire model to make I them work. Wide open for the first month. See, <laughs> completely just squirreling out. <laughs> As I remember hopping into that first session or whatever, and the two guys that were leaps and bounds above everyone else for months on end that nobody could even consider touching was Blake and Evan. They had right. it figured out. They had it figured out four months before anybody else thought about figuring it out. Right. They put the time in. You know what I'm saying? Before anybody else ever came close. They already had it. Yeah. They sat yeah. there and they tested and tested and tested. And then, you know, who, a who certain is... setup folder got leaked or whatever, and then everyone there for a good three-month span was on top of each other. Yeah. And now... I... Uh, everything is kind of built off of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you mean a setup folder got leaked? Let me hold on. Let me uh, ask him about that real quick. I'm not going to say the names of what happened, but I will just say their setups got leaked. Yeah. And that is when a lot yeah. of these setup shops. You mean Blake and Evans got leaked? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I'm not going to say who leaked them. We know who leaked them, but I'm yeah. Not uh, you don't have to say yeah. who leaked them. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just talking. Can, I wanted to yeah. know. Who it was that got leaked. So I mean, everybody in the dirt community knows what happened to an right, extent, right, right. but I think I mean, it's what I think that I don't know, but I mean, I think, I think the yeah. I think the tire model's been out so long now, though. To be honest People with you guys, I think that, yeah, yeah, but but it definitely. I mean, it went from you had your. Uh, I'll just call it for what it is because I was one of them. I was one of your back markers. I was struggling, you know, maybe mid pack in the back. And then, you know, that's when I made the jump. I started running for Hood of Motorsports. Got on Majula C Speed Shop sets, started moving up. Um, anyways, but, you know, when the when the setup folder got leaked, right. you know, everybody became equally fast all at one time. So racing became super competitive, and it became it became yeah. a shit show really quick. Mm, um, yeah, that's, yeah. When, that's when all these setup shops started popping up. Right. Okay. I mean, you, yeah. You went from having, Everywhere. you went from having literally just HOS and Majulacy. Yep. Yeah. To, some Ryko. And yep. now you have, yeah, and Ryko. And then after that, you had 
you know, pay to win. You had yep. RKM. You have Speed Ranch. You have EPI. You have White Knuckle. You have, you know, put some random racing acronym together, and that's your setup shop. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man, that that happened. Um, but I don't. Know it just. It, it just. Yeah, you know, they were not all themselves. Yeah. I mean, we're not they, saying every every setup shop out there had them and selling them. No, no, it's just around that time frame, you had a lot of new builders because people yeah. people got an inside. It's kind of what it's comparable to, right? Is is you had you know in the Gen Six NASCAR thing, right? Mm-hmm. You had guys that were over moneying, over researching the whole nine yards. And then you put everybody on a level playing field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then eventually, you know, there's going to be, you know, eventually it's going to happen again. They're going to get out in front. You oh, know, for it, sure. The, the, the same, can. the same. And it, it's, it's already happened. You know, that's, that's been several, several months ago, almost a year now since that's, yeah, even, since that's been a long time. But that's when the setup shop drama and the toxicity truly started. Right. It's all starting to level out now. You know, I really yeah, do think it is. You know, it's finally uh, starting to recover from it. Shout out to Majulacy like Speed didn't... Shop CFM. It's the best, in my opinion. Just saying, so I ain't got to worry about it. You know, I got my, I got, you know, I got my thing. That's what I represent. You know, that's what yeah. I'm. You know, I stay out of all the drama because at one point yeah, I was I really, I couldn't finish a damn official race. I'll tell you that right now. Me and Dylan yeah. Hauser used to be at war on the sim. And, yeah, I remember. <laughs> you know, I remember. Yeah, it's just a bad deal, man. Um. And it is what it is. It's it's just he 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 runs his stuff. I run my stuff. Um, we're be. over the right yeah. exactly. Pretty you know, supportive. me and Daniel, yeah. me and me and Daniel Mills got into it tonight. He represents House of Speed. I represent Majula CCFM. Um, and a lot of that. We had a good talk. Everything's fine. You know, as long as people are willing to be adults and not just scream at each other. Yeah, life's good, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of this like true the beef the argument whatever. I'll be honest with you, I mean there's 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 guys over there that can be really genuine nice guys. I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Rocket uh, Speedway says Daddy's Notebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but it's the it's the divide of you're on this team, I'm on this team. We can't be friends, type of thing. We can't be friends, type of thing. Right? Yeah, that's not how and it should be, man. Yeah, it's it's not. It's it, it shouldn't be that way. And you know that was one of the things. And I feel like me and Cody kind of can relate to this. When I was on House of Speed, me and him was chill. We may have been oh, one of the only sure. few at that time that could have been. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, we were we were all chill with each other. You know, I'm, and you know, we'd I'm run not, each other hard as hell, dude. Because I'm gonna run a different logo than you on my car doesn't mean I hate you. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Like it should be that right. way. That's, yeah. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. That's just like I mean, that's the same thing with um, saying that you you hate somebody because they look different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. You, you know. Right. Yeah. See, one thing like with the setup war as well. Not every team does it. I've just heard stories. I don't know if they're actually facts. I've heard people tell other people, you know, you can't join this Discord because it's that team or it's this yeah. team. Right. Or me, I don't care. Like, I talk to Apex people. I talk to D1RT people. I talk to some RKM people. I I don't I don't care who you're part of as long as you're chill and you're not, like, toxic the whole time. Right. right. 
Like, I don't care if you have House of Speed. I don't care if you have Apex. I don't care if you have Slick Motorsports, whatever you have. I don't I don't care what, what, your, what your brand is. As long as you're a cool person, I'll hang out with you. I don't care. Yeah. And we ain't got to be sharing setups with each other to be buddies. No. We can sit there exactly. and just... You know. You know, and I think it's, if you want to be him, he wants to be you. I mean, why share shit? You know, I mean, yeah, right? yeah, you know, that's the way I look exactly. at it. But oh, and that's another thing too with the whole with the whole setup shop saying, oh, you know, they don't they don't sell what they actually run. Well, let me tell you, if I'm out there testing for a week, two weeks, maybe even more for a race, read chat now. I, I'm not sending you my secret <laughs> sauce, bro. No, <laughs> it just ain't happening. Yeah, so, it just. Uh, we're racing for money come on now i'll real, help you but i ain't send you the set real quick sessions uh from man my monkey sessions is just an absolute hunk a man meat what a snack <laughs> rocket speedway says i think sessions eyes are hot and then my <laughs> man my monkey then says he's dreamy isn't he so this is right. I'm just over here dying in chat. Like the chat's just going off, you know. Uh, typically, you know, during the podcast, we don't have chat, but since this is a live podcast, um, and this also this will be uploaded to the Bluegrass Race Hub for anyone that missed the beginning. Uh, this will be uploaded to our um, Anchor platform, our Spotify platform, as a special uh, podcast. So uh, you'll be able to check it out there. It's Bluegrass Race Hub on uh on anchor spotify apple podcast all that uh we've been doing pretty well man for like a little startup podcast you know we've got like over we're at, like right at 200 listeners now um growing it's doing well um absolutely and yeah so i just want to want to touch base on that quick plug but uh back to the talk with you and mills tonight what what was said in oh, that in that <laughs> meeting home, because mills Hold on, I have to. I actually have to go to bed. I gotta get up in the morning. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm just like, you know. um, that's fine. I'll right. I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up with that. Yeah, let's Hilsburg. let's wrap it up with this, um, and then we'll call it a night because uh, that yeah. sounds good to me. We've been live for an hour and twenty five minutes. Yeah, that's I'm good. I'm fine that's... doing this in the weekend. We got yeah, all yeah. Uh, well, we definitely need to do this again. Definitely need to do oh, this yeah, again. Definitely. Hey, real Absolutely. quick though, real quick though. I mean, you said something about the beard. I mean, we when are we gonna see the handlebar sessions? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, need to, yeah, I, need to, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I um, love it. That'd be awesome. Let's right, let's ahead, let Cody me. finish this off real quick, and then we'll uh, let everybody do a quick plug for all their sponsors and everything once more, and then we'll call it a call it a night. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, no. Wait. Uh, me and me and Daniel Mills, you know, we started off the race um, pretty close to each other, and um, can't remember exactly where we started on the grid, but. Um, you know, ran a couple laps, racing started getting really competitive. Uh, track was racing. My car was hooked up. You know, we were rolling. Um, I think we went we're with ripping. the 30. Top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that's one thing. I'm definitely like a Brandon Shepard, Bobby Pierce on iRacing. If I had to compare myself, I guess, to a world driver, as ridiculous as that sounds. Um, I live or die by the cushion on iRacing. It's not even a question. Uh, if right. there's a cushion to be running, I'm all up there. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So uh, we were hooked up in the. We ended up making a move um, on the bottom. There was a car in front of us, and we kind of crossed over and tried to shoot the bottom. And we nailed the bottom, but when I got back on the gas, my car ended up getting super tight, and I crossed up, and I pushed right in the door, um, yeah. shoved about the racetrack. I ain't afraid to call for what it is in my mistake. He lost five, six spots on the Unintentional. I, um, I reviewed it. It was unintentional. I right. I it. felt, yeah, I felt really bad. Um, 
and you know me and daniel we you apologize on the radio if i'm not mistaken uh, yeah yeah i did i was hoping he heard it um you know <laughs> maybe he heard it and didn't care at the time um you know what it whether whatever the deal may be um but uh yeah i mean like i said me and daniel we've raced each other clean we've we've also ran each other straight into the wall you know yeah call for what it is um we've we've been highs and lows together um daniel's come a long way i'm not afraid to shout out success daniel has come a long way um in the yeah. last couple months daniel was not the best and he's coming but uh yeah no so i think uh the conversation went really good tonight um we jumped in i jumped in the interview channel and he was hanging out in there and i talked to him and it started off a little you know kind of on the on the rocks a little bit and voices started getting raised and then um pretty much ultimately i just said you know i'm sorry it's my mistake and it, it actually um for two speed shops that really don't like each other all that much on the racetrack uh the conversation went really well um it was a productive conversation it was so good, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to racing you know me and daniel we're um i think separated by three points in points right now for bluegrass um, uh, we got a yeah, left. i had that pulled up just a moment ago get i'm back looking to forward to uh, have some really good racing with him you are based on drop week points. You're three points behind him if you count drop weeks right now. You're you're there. He's tied with Jacob Fields for second, behind Dylan Wilson. Uh, Dylan Wilson's got twelve point lead on both of those guys. If you go off of overall points, you are one point to the good. If you go off of counting all races currently with no drop weeks factored in once we okay. factor in once we get further in the season obviously your lowest race will come off like the other guys so you'll right you'll move up um and i think my lowest so far is i think i took a 10th at uh volusia week one i think that's my only drop week so well, yeah so, i think we're shaping yeah. up good for points yeah you're looking good you're you're factored in pretty well uh for a good finish uh for this season with bluegrass for sure so cody Go ahead and thank those fine sponsors for us. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a transition right now between teams, so I'm gonna plug two teams here. Um, we were both teams are sanctioned under CFM Esports. Um, Chris Ferguson Racing. Um, or Chris Ferguson Motorsports. Excuse me. Um, so I'm gonna shout out Nick Leonard from the NLRA Association. Um, if it wasn't for Nick, I probably I don't even know if I'd be sitting here talking to you guys right now. Um, he kind of helped kickstart my racing career um and yeah so i'm gonna shout out nick leonard nlra um james braswell mid-south mafia james is one hell of a dude one of the best guys i've met on the service by far um tberry motorsports um scott fritz tyler berry those guys over there they're awesome matthew catania um medulla c speech up evan blake dylan yeager ethan toter all those guys um devin morgan shout out him even um those guys have helped me a lot brent d carter uh chase hardy gotta thank every everybody um uh i'm i'm uh, i'm like i said the transition's weird but i gotta thank um i've just transferred over to a new team wfo um racing rocky battenfield started up a team so matthew selby's one of my teammates over there so i gotta thank uh rocky and cfm chris for putting that deal together i'm really excited to see what happens over there um spyglass where speed works um vlr um ultimate dirt tv uh bluegrass i racing league and you for putting this deal together man it's been a lot of fun yep absolutely matthew go ahead oh yeah first i've got to thank all my um, all my original boys there gotta thank uh the original powerhouse guys you know jared jones who's now a wfo member as well 
Uh, I got to thank Majulacy Speed Shop as well um, for bringing me on board. You know, I joined in kind of late to the fold there um, at the start of the Pro Series. Um, so big thanks, big shout out to Chris Ferguson for letting me uh, letting me join part of that great great thing that we've got going over there. At least that I feel we got going over there. Um, you know, Rocky Battenfield for starting up this WFO team. You know, under the under the umbrella of CFM. Um, you know. Also got to thank Lefevre's Curbing, you know, that sponsored me the whole time during Pro Series and this awesome banner that I got here behind me. Um, got to thank CFM Designs by JDM as well uh, for painting my new wrap that I ain't had a chance to put on track yet, but we're getting there. Um, you know, got to thank all the all of our current teammates as well, Mike Augustine, Cody Nevin, uh, Blake Deppinett, Blake Murray, uh, like I already said, Rocky Battenfield, uh, got to thank, you know, and all the people that's helped me along the way through my racing career, you know, uh, Nick Leonard, uh, Steve McMillian over there with Wotel, they've definitely coached me up a whole lot and the knowledge that I know and got to thank Blake and Evan as well. And thank you all for having me on tonight. Really yeah, absolutely. It. Austin, you want to go ahead and uh, find, thank those fine sponsors for us? Yeah, mine would be kind of the same as Cody's. We, Nick Leonard, the RA, he's kind of the team manager over Mid-South Mafia, which is the actual team I'm part of, NRA's uh, co-existing team that he helps us a lot with, and James Braswell and all them, thoughts and prayer goes out to him as well. Um, I'm not going to get into what's going on, it's just yeah, thoughts and prayers absolutely. to him. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, with Mid-South Mafia, I mean, I joined them, I guess, in the beginning of Pro Series, because I wanted to join with CFM, because they, I want their help and everything, and they've they put a big hand in what I did in Pro Series and what I'm trying to become and do in sprint cars and all that. So I got to thank CFM for sure. Chris Ferguson's a great guy. Blake and Evan, all them. I can't thank them enough for all the help I think they've done for me. Um, T. Barry, Tyler, Scott Fritz, all them. They're they join on the Discord. They're with us in LRA, and they help us a lot. And we help them. They're just a good group of guys just to race with and all that. And then thank you for the podcast, and it's been pretty fun. I'm looking forward for another one. Yeah, absolutely, man, uh, and I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, once again, big thanks to Austin Sessions, Matt Selby, and Cody Nevin for joining me tonight. I want to thank our fine sponsors of Bluegrass, uh, which include Chris Ferguson Motorsports, O'Brien Industries, Kinder Performance Group, Roasted Gems Coffee, Scott Fritz Designs, Alex Huffman Designs, Red Rocket Buildings and Barbecue and uh, many others that work behind the scenes tirelessly daily, weekly to help us build uh, this brand and help us build this league to what it has become. This is Jason.